0: One of the hardest things for us as believers to come to terms with is God is right. Certainly, that's not always difficult when things are going well, uh, no big issues to deal with, relationships are strong, the bills are being met, everyone we love is safe, we have our health, and, and we probably don't even give that question a thought. But when the opposite happens, when life begins to fall apart, when important relationships are fractured, when finances are a struggle, when health is at risk or or even out of reach, then it becomes a difficult question. Is God right in allowing me to go through this? It sure doesn't feel right. I think it's the question that Job asked towards the end of the book of Job in the Old Testament. I've heard people say, well, Job never questions God, but I I don't think they're correct on that. I, I see, especially as you get into like 31 and on to the end, he, he does. There, there comes a point where he basically says, God, this doesn't feel right. I have tried so, so hard to do what's right in your eyes. And now I'm going through such a horrendous experience. God, you need to explain yourself to me. Uh, if you want to see God's response to that, check it out yourself. Uh, get into the end of the book of Job. As we've walked through uh, Psalm one hundred and nineteen, which is where we've been together these last several weeks as uh, we've walked together as a as people through this coronavirus and we've been looking at Psalm one hundred and nineteen kind of trying to put it in context in life uh, as we as we've been walking through Psalm one hundred and nineteen together, we've made note of the fact that the writer of this psalm is psalms is obviously going through a very difficult season of life. If it's David, as many biblical scholars believe it is, it is probably the time when King Saul is trying to hunt him down and and like a wild pig slaughter him. Uh, and, there, and there's really no reason for it. Uh, what King Saul is doing in regard to David has nothing to do with anything David has done to him. David has always shown... Saul honor and respect and kindness, even love. And now David, now Saul is trying to kill David yeah, because of his own jealousies, uh, his own evil thoughts, uh, things that he's decided about David that simply aren't true. Motives that he's put on David that are not really David's motives at all. And so Saul hates him and is trying to kill him as a result. If you believe in a sovereign God which the author has made clear that he does believe, then you're saying that God is in control of all circumstances. In fact, God's in control of the universe. And that's true, even when our circumstances are rough and painful, and hard to understand. And so the question is, is this right, God? At least that's the question that If we're honest, I think we're going to ask at some point, at least maybe initially as we're learning to trust God, you know, God, this doesn't feel right. How can it be right? Now, last week, uh, I'm sure you read, maybe you didn't, uh, but I read and I've been watching and knew it was getting close, uh, the, the death of Ravi Zacharias. Now, I never personally met Ravi Zacharias Rice, but in spite of that, he has had a tremendous impact on my life. He, he has taught me on, on many occasions as I've, li- as I've listened to his, his uh, messages and, he- and read some of his works and, and watched him in uh, conversations and debates with non-believers, with those who call themselves agnostics and even atheists. Uh, his impact on the world has been immeasurable. Especially those honest questioners of God's existence, Ravi has always he he was had this ability to be so so loving and gracious when it came to responding to the skeptics. I was always amazed by that. And sometimes they weren't, and yet he would never respond in kind. You you saw his his heart of love for them, and passion for them, and compassion for them. Uh, In my opinion, he was a a very important man for our times and yet God chose to take him away which honesty honestly makes no sense to me and so you ask yourself is this right God is it really the right thing to do when this coronavirus hit the world and and our country, right at a time when it seemed like things were on such an upswing, going so well, you know, you ask yourself, why did a sovereign God allow this to happen? Is God right in letting this take place? Why would God allow Saul to have so much power that he could actually order men to chase down and try to kill an innocent man? question. Well, today as we begin to dig into the next section we're going to look at in Psalm 119, we're going to see that in spite of all he has gone through, the author of this Psalm has has answered that question for himself. So we're looking at Psalm 119, and we're going to look today at verses 137 through 44. So why don't you get there in your Bibles and And let's talk through these next several verses. Psalm 119, starting with verse 137 through verse 144. And the question is, is God right? In the middle of those questionable circumstances from our vantage point, those things that seem so hard and and seem so misplaced and, and just don't seem to feel right, is God right? Now, the psalmist has answered the question for him, and, and he gets right into it in verse thirty-one hundred and thirty-seven. 137. Notice what he says. Righteous are you, O Lord. You're right, God. In spite of the fact that my circumstances are extremely difficult, unfair, and painful, in spite of the fact that I'm living in fear of my life when I've done nothing to deserve this. One thing I'm clear on, God, the writer says, the author says, is you're right. Righteous are you, O Lord. Did he say, I get it, God. I can understand why you're allowing me to go through this. No, he never says that. Not anywhere that I could see, in fact, in this entire chapter. I never see him saying, God, boy, I get this. This this is exactly what I needed to be doing right now doesn't know the why he only knows this righteous are you O Lord he is starting with that premise that God is right let me ask you what's your starting premise what's my starting premise Whatever else I don't understand, have I settled this? God is always right. Settling that question results in an unbelievably different perspective on everything else that happens in my life. If I've settled on the fact that I God knows what he's doing, I may not understand what he's doing, I may not understand why he's doing it, but God knows what he's doing and he's always right, then it changes everything for me. That's And it's not the same as saying that I know what God is doing, because sometimes I simply don't. I don't understand it. Uh, I get frustrated by it. And we've seen that even in, in the writer of Psalm 119. He He's not always feeling great about the way things are going. He gets frustrated. He gets angry. Uh, he hurts. But he's settled in his mind that in spite of that pain, one thing I do know is God... You are right. You know what you're doing. I trust your plan. This seems to be what the author of Psalm 119 has settled in his heart. But he goes on, because there's other things that he has settled in his heart. He goes on in in verse 137, the second part, it says, Not only are you righteous, but your laws are are right and and actually i think this is a a poor i was reading from the new international version there i think that is a poor translation i think actually it should read something more along this slide this direction your judgments are right or i know your decisions are right because that's really what the word means sometimes we say you know we'll say something like well they meant well what they mean is their motivation was good their reason for it was right, but it didn't turn out so good. Uh, they meant well, but they just didn't do the right thing. The author is saying that's not true when it comes to God. He said, not only is he right, what he does is right. God, I know your decisions are right. Your judgments are right. You have done the right thing in my circumstances. It goes on, verse 138. The statues have laid down are righteous. Actually, this is saying that even the things that you said, the things you've said, said and done in the past, they've also proven to be righteous. The statues could have been translated testimonies. In other words, the, the testimonies that I can look at regarding what you've done in the past, I've discovered they, they also prove that you're right. In fact, he goes on, they are fully trustworthy. God, what you've done in the past, what you've said in the past, what you've told us to do and not to do in the past, have proven that you can be trusted. You have proven yourself right over and over again in the past. That's why I trust you in the present. I've proven that I can trust you. Sometimes that's our problem. Our problem sometimes is that we haven't taken note of the fact that God has proven himself trustworthy. There have been other times maybe when we have gone through tough things and, and God came through for us, but we never took note of it. And so when we get into the present situation, because we haven't paid attention to what God has done in the past, maybe maybe we prayed about something. We, we had made a request before God. He answered that prayer. And, and we never took the time to go back and thank him for that. So we never made note of the fact that he came through for us. And, and so because of that, we're not prepared to trust him now. Uh, there have been those times when God things got tough and God came through. He, he gave us the strength we needed or the wisdom we needed or protection we needed uh, from a harmful direction or what could have happened. But we didn't take note of it didn't give him credit. And so that's why we're unsure when it comes to the new struggle. Well, the author says he, he's not missed God's trustworthiness in his past experience. He's seen it clearly. In, and not only that, but also in what he's seen in God's word, the way he took care of other children of God in the past. And this is what has given him the, the ability to trust God in the present. Let's go Let's go on. Verse 139. It says, My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Have you ever played a game with someone who cheats? Here you are, carefully playing according to the rules, and they cheat. When I was in Bible college, uh, the game of choice for a lot of us students was the game of rooks. Maybe some of you have played it. It's a card game. But I had friends that I didn't enjoy playing with because they had mastered the art of cheating, uh, of table talk, in order to get the advantage. And I played, hated playing with those guys because they cheat. And, and so no matter how hard, you know, you, they were always doing something that, <clears throat> that stacked the deck in, in their favor. And, and they're going to Bible college. What does that tell you? Uh, it tells you the Bible college students aren't perfect. I believe that's what the author is saying in verse 139. He's saying, I'm so careful to to do things in a way that honors God and obeys him and his word, while my enemies don't follow your word at all. And if you know, this is David, he's talking about Saul and and individuals who claim to be God followers. And he's saying, they they aren't obeying your word at all. And yet I'm being so careful to obey your law even in the midst of these difficult circumstances, and the reality is it's it's wearing me out. But in spite of how frustrated he is with these so-called cheaters, and maybe you feel some of those same feelings. You know, in the middle of this virus, I'm trying to be godly, and and I see so many people being ungodly, and, and it's just so hard to keep moving that direction. Well, he's saying that I, that's where he is. But in spite of the fact that he is frustrated with the So-called cheaters. He's notice verse 140. He's not going to respond in kind. Verse 140. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. Not only is he not going to respond in kind, he says he's going to show complete confidence when push comes to shove. That that in the end, doing things God way God's way will prove not only right, but in fact will give him the upper hand, or or maybe speaking in in we the winning hand he is so convinced of this that he declares not only his belief in god's direction and his word but his love of god's direction and his word so let me get personal for a moment the last time you were in a really tough spot would you say your priority your prayer passion, your zeal, my zeal, was it to respond to that situation in a way that you knew above all else would please God. It would line up with God's will and God's way. Is that your first concern? God, I, I, this is hard. It's not enjoyable. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm fearful of it. but here's what I'm most fearful of. I'm, I am fearful that I would, that I might not respond to this in a way that pleases you. And God, I won't, don't want to do that. My first concern is, God, I want to please you. I want to live in a way that shows that I love you and I love your word. Was that, was that your first thought? Was that my first thought? Is that our first thought in the midst of what we're walking through right now, God? Regardless of what happens, regardless of what the governor says or the president says or, or my Next door neighbor says about this whole situation. Help me to respond in a way that pleases you. That shows I love you, and I love your word, and I love your way, and I and and I believe that you're right. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but regardless, let me handle this in a way that pleases you. That's the author. That's what he says. His first concern is. In fact, he goes on and lays out next that it, it it's it's not about how my situation works. It's about how godly I remain in the midst of my circumstances. Here's the way he puts it. Though, though I am lowly and despised, I do not forget your precepts. Because I don't care what other people think. of me. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the fact that they're not treating me fairly or that, or that the laws, the rules that are being handed down don't make sense. What I'm concerned about is that in the middle of this, I live in a way that shows that I love you and, and obey your precepts, follow your laws, live according to your word. Why? Because as hard and as unfair as this situation seems, it's temporary. But he says, you, God, you and your will and your direction are eternal. Look at verse 142. Your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. Once we've settled this in our lives, that, that God and God's ways are always right and always righteous, here's what happens. Look at 143. Trouble and distress come upon me, but your commands are my delight. Your statues are forever right. Give me understanding that I may live. Once I've settled in my life in my thinking that God and God's ways are always right and righteous even in the midst of trouble even in the midst of stress then I'm okay. In fact, I delight in knowing that in the midst of hard things God and his word are going to delight are going to guide me. They're going to protect me and 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 the reality is my troubles are temporary God's goodness and his righteous direction they're forever and they are the secret he says to life regardless of the circumstances this should be very encouraging to us to you to me this should make an impact this should change our perspective of what we're walking through presently, and and quite frankly, we're going to walk through some tough things in the days ahead. But if we can grab onto this, God is always right. His ways are right. His word is right. Regardless of the circumstances, my first concern, the driving passion of my heart is, God, help me to respond to this situation in a way that is pleasing to you. that lines up with your word. I love your law. I love your word. I love you, God. And if I'll respond in that way, even in the midst of hard hard things, I will find delight. Father, thanks. Thanks for your word. Thanks for just the honest expressions of the heart of this individual writing in Psalm 119 as he walks through troubled times. And yet he shares with us what he's learned. He's learned to trust you and trust your word. And, and because of that, he's found comfort and encouragement, delight in the midst of a very difficult situation. And Lord, that's what you want for us. And I, so I pray that these words today, we have looked at together, have, have just brought a peace and encouragement. Ability. We've come out of this discussion today saying, you know what, I don't understand what's happening right now, but this I know. God's always right, His ways are right, He does what's right, and I can pray. Lord, we pray this in your Son's name.